Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, I sat down with Drew Hansen, former WNCI DJ and self-proclaimed D-list celebrity, for a freewheeling conversation about his experience in Columbus media, why he decided to leave Columbus, and why, ultimately, he came back. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, The Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com slash confluence. The Confluence Cast is sponsored by Little Rock Bar. Little Rock Bar is located at 944 North 4th Street in Italian Village. With 30 craft beers on tap, Little Rock Bar has happy hour from 4 to 7 p.m. every day. Every Tuesday is $3 draft beers all night while you enjoy Rock Your Cock Off karaoke. Wednesdays is Everybody's a Comedian, hosted by Travis Haywitcher. It's like trivia, but you prove your snark instead of smarts. Info, hours, and upcoming events at littlerockbar.net. Everyone's night should have a little rock. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with Drew Hansen, entertainer, DJ, actor, former professional wrestler, yeah, semi-professional wrestler. Well, if you're a semi-professional wrestler, you're a legit college athlete. Well, so you're, <laughs> in my head, the definition of professional is getting paid sometimes. Yeah. Well, that happened occasionally. Right. When you it. won. But not, well, no, 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 no. It was just, you know, how the house did. Gotcha. I don't know if you know this or not, but wrestling is a little predetermined. Oh. I'm not sure if you had heard that. Well, I did watch I didn't know how, I mean, some of Raw 25, and you're right, it did seem staged. It did. It did. <laughs> it was weird how the commercial breaks happened exactly when no action was happening in the ring, and it was just very odd how that happened. I imagine most people in this audience, if I know my audience, will know you from your time at WNCI. You were there from... Oh, no, this is Columbus Underground. That's well, hardly underground. Yeah, what... The demographic, at least for podcast listening and for the format of this podcast, skew a bit older. Yeah. You know, this is not the, these are not the 23 year olds that are showing up in 90s night at three sheets every Sunday. So, well, you are, oh, by the way, I have a 90s night on Sunday they should go to, but we'll get to that. Right. But by the way, I was going to say, if this is Columbus Underground, you're a complete farce. We're on the second floor. (laughs) We're on the second floor of a building. Indeed. So the, so the truth is out there. How did you, you started when you were 19. 19. Yeah. Oh, we were saying, because yeah. I had my first audition. Okay. This is back when you had to audition. Basically, the uh, boss of the station was driving through my hometown, which is a significantly smaller place. Mm-hmm. And he was driving home from a Cleveland Indians game. He had the Indians tickets or something. Okay. So he's driving past and he hears, he, he listened. He would listen to top 40 stations when he would drive, you know, through Ohio because he was, you know, a radio dude. He wanted to hear radio DJs. When he's checking out the competition, right? Well, not necessarily competition because, you know, I, I worked at like a 3,000 watt station, you know, at a, top, oh, okay. at a top 40 station on the weekends. So he was listening basically for, you know, weekend people that he could maybe bring into WNCI because WNCI kind of had a system for things. They would get, you know, a weekend person if that person did good on the weekends. 
they would uh, either get a specialty show like I did, or, okay. they, or they would get you know an overnight shift, okay, during the week, similar so to a, what you see on like a local television station, yeah, yeah, or even very similar, like actually. CNN. I would yeah. argue that that's probably the same exact thing, okay. <laughs> but yeah, you move up kind of that way. But the thing with WNCI in their heyday, they were such a great station that nobody would want to leave. Okay, so part timers would come through and they would build up their resume, or they would build up their experience, or you know, whatever. And then they would send it out to places. And then they would basically, you know, I was at WNCI, which was like this major thing mm-hmm. to have, you know, on your, Columbus never, you know, maybe they did. They realized WNCI was a great local station, but to the country, WNCI used to be, it was a benchmark you know, where every DJ wanted to end up going where, where every jock in the country wanted to be okay. not only for the company, because it was a great company nationwide insurance, right. but it was, you know, it had a reputation of just they were never number. They were the New York, uh, or the, I'm sorry, the New England Patriots of okay of radio. Okay, I mean, and that was the same reason a lot of people hated them, loved them, whatever. Right. But you know, they I had to audition. The first time they put me on an overnight shift with Dave Sharp, who you know, old time radio people mm-hmm. will remember that name because he was on overnights. And the same thing I just said, he couldn't ever move past overnights, and he knew he never would. So he eventually got sick of it and moved on. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> Dancer actually was the first person to shake things up there. In Mark probably, Dancer, right? Yeah, Mark Dancer in probably 20 years okay. I mean, to, to really shake things up there. So, I you know, had my first audition. I'm kind of going Tarantino style, going forward and backwards. <laughs> but uh, I had my audition, the first one. They didn't contact me for two and a half, three months. Okay. I didn't, I didn't think I did it. You were like, yeah. I didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't get it. They said, well, we had some changes here. You know, we lost this person here and this person here. Right. And we were basically just giving you a shot for future what we would have because they didn't tell you anything. Right. So then, you know, when I did have a spot, I started, you know, I got pulled in. I was doing overnights and everything else. And it was so anticlimactic because this was this powerhouse of radio station, but it was at a time period that they were really terrible. Okay. Because they were trying to compete with Sunday 95. So they changed it to like, we're the more variety. Okay. We're the, we're the station playing your adult favorites without the kitty rap and all that stuff. And what really made them hot was, you know, new WNCI, right. the, the world premiere of Kid Rock or, you know, not Kid Rock at the time, but right. know, I'm thinking, I remember WNCI as a kid in junior high and they had the world premiere of uh, Parents Just Don't Understand. Okay. The DJ Jazzy Jeff song. Right. And it was, and first of all, it was like, who the hell is Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff? Right. Because you'd never heard of them do anything before. And this song was such a banger, like right out of the box that I'm like, WNCI breaks these awesome, cool new right. rap songs, which was like the beginning of rap. Not, you know, Sugar Hill Gang was kind of the beginning of rap. But right, but like but you, you know, Will good, Smith weren't going to hear that on the radio. You were right? not going to. This is the beginning of rap that you would hear, you know, on your on your radio station, which was unheard of at the time. Right. So this was, you know, the reputation WNCI has. I have my second audition, and I go back and I do that, and then that's when they gave me the third one, which was an actual like an hour okay. midday, midday with Andy Clark. Okay. Which basically, Andy just basically goes, hey, man, welcome to the team. I go, I don't think so. He I goes, don't, I'm not hired I'm yet. I'm not hired yet. He goes, no, if you're doing the hour midday, you're, you're hired. Right. He said, that they're this, just making sure that you're not going to break FCC, viol- you know, regulations and, and that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. That everything right. was going to be cool. And, and that I wasn't, you know, I know they, they wanted me to see the light of day and right. see people and meet people and shake hands with people. And this is the sales introduced me to people and kind of more or less because they were such a tight bit, you know, a group. Okay. They kind of went yay or nay on, on whoever. And right. I was the kid. I was, you know, I was the youngest kid maybe until the kid that succeeded me actually. Okay. Um, I was probably the youngest kid in the history of that station to, 
to kind of be in the perm up in the spots that I had. And so how long were you there? I was there in stints. The first okay. stint was from 95 until 2001. Okay. So that was the biggest. Well, that's not a small, st- I mean, that's six no, years, right? No, yeah, but that was the, the 90s show that I did. And then that got me the full-time spot when Dancer finally moved on. Okay. And I don't say that like, you know, finally. If you're working there, that's extremely frustrating. Nobody ever leaves. Right. Like, you know, man, every time a new DJ would come and build a house, I'd be like, ah, that's another three years. I'm not Well, in my experience there. in the space is with formerly CD101 and now CD1025, I was an intern in actually high school and then also in college. And a lot of those folks are still there, yeah, yeah. you know, or they came on almost immediately after I was done, you know, they don't leave. No. So what don't, you know, I think people have this perception of what it's like to work in that field radio specifically. Mm-hmm. We'll get to the, the, you know, the DJ and the, and the wedding gigs and the, and the bar gigs and the, Two vastly different. Right, right. We'll get to that. Different. We'll get to that in a minute. But talk about you know, at least from the folks that I've talked about, you know, the pay's not great. Well, it it goes like everything else. Like you know, just it just like the stint in wrestling. The okay. higher up the card you are, the better the pay is. Got it. Okay. So I was I I got about midway to about a you know I was like. The highest you can get, but not be a morning show or an afternoon show. Okay. So well, and there's also sort of this additional income part of it too, yeah. right? Like you're a personality that the sales staff can then hire out to go to a cell phone store opening to go, which d- would be DJ a, at a large bar. percentage of your cash, right? Like a the bulk of it sometimes. Okay, because you're basically paid a pretty menial hourly. And then theoretically, you become a personality that they can then hire out, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I always looked at it like the, the actual doing the air shift, that's like an actor that goes onto a talk show. Okay. Like when, when Basically, pro- you're promoting, promoting yourself. Promoting a movie or promoting a product. You you're know, not getting paid, per se, for that. Right, yeah. Right. Like Bradley Cooper. Oh, wow, why am I seeing Bradley Cooper on Letterman tonight? Does he want to tell me about this wonderful trip he took to Aruba? No. Because it's a great story. I can't believe he got on this talk show just to tell me, oh, hang on, the first commercial break when they go to commercial after his appearance is coming soon, The Hangover 6. Right. You know, like, so I'm going, oh, there's a science and a business to all this. So the radio really, in essence, to me, as much as it, it is really what the job, the whole reason you are able to do side projects and be put in appearances or have any sort of notoriety is the radio. Right. But in essence, the radio is a commercial. Okay. I, I, now, this is my personal philosophy. This is obviously not anyone's personal philosophy. Right. That is a lifer in radio. They are. They, they have love of they tra- do transmission. Okay. I have love of transmission. And, and do you? Uh, somewhat. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it is. It's cool. I like it. I mean, I never got into the business because I was sitting in shop class one day learning about the finer arts of a signal being transferred <laughs> from one place to another. You don't have an amateur radio license. I do. Oh, you do? Oh, wait a minute. Is that the... That's like the... <laughs> Maybe I was an amateur that's like when the, I got my radio. That's like, like the hobbyist. That's not like being an engineer at a station. That's okay. like the hobbyist Morse code shortwave radio volunteering at like marathons to communicate with the emergency responders that's what amateur radio okay, my father I, did amateur radios well i didn't get that then i, okay. got, I got my fcc license when right. i was an amateur get right when that's i was the, like 15 i remember i had a math test and i had my fcc license test on the same day okay <laughs> so one, you knew one you of those i failed this. at oh i knew yeah where'd well, you grow up i knew i wanted to be in entertainment period that okay. was i mean 
the first, I vividly remember when I went, yep, that, that's me. That's what I'm doing. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Marion. Okay. And so Columbus was always sort of... Columbus was the big city. Was the big city. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right by. Okay. Yeah. Columbus was bad, a big old city. And so is... And I'm just curious about this because the the folks that I've talked to that have worked in primarily in television, at least on a, on a local scale, they always have sort of this risk of, is my contract going to get renewed? Is, you know, is, are the higher ups going to like me? Yeah. At least WNCI at the time was not that way. It was very, because what you're saying is those folks who, you know, they got their shift and they kind of didn't leave. No, not for a long time. Now, okay. when, when Nationwide sold, right. they, people were turning over like crazy. So, and, and was that because of the higher ups? Clear Channel was like, we're going to find, you know, who's the best fit for this so that we can get our rankings up. It was, it was weird. I have heard so many stories from program directors' point of view of the first year mm-hmm. of Clear Channel really being in charge. Okay. Now at this point I'm clueless cuz nothing's changing as far as I'm concerned. My paycheck is the exact same. Everything's nothing has changed with me. But I, you're on air talent, you're not like the program director. Right. Okay. I'm not having to really see any major changes with this. Okay. Where the changes I started seeing were when people started in higher up positions leaving. And okay. I'm going, why are these people leaving? And I'm not connecting the dots that they're doing that clean, pretty, you know, I'm moving on to future endeavors and, you know, whatever, where you never really know who was fired and who is really actually leaving. Or who's pissed off. Who's and, pissed right. off. And, yeah. Or I who mean, truly got a better job. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, and I am, if we get to this, I've never been one of those people that have one. It's always very clear what, what happened with me. Okay. Something like this. Okay. If, if, if it gets that far and we get to that. I'm excited to hear that story now. Yeah. Right. Well, oh boy. But it's uh, I, I've done some questionable things in the name of networking and character. Okay, but uh, yeah. so it was weird that first, you know, that the first year there was transitional time that it was Clear Channel. Again, I I didn't start noticing anything really different until people that were higher ups that you know I knew and respected and and whatever would go to work for other companies, mm-hmm. and none of them moved sideways. None of them went to another Clear Channel company. Okay. Everybody had went to someplace else. And the biggest was Dave Robbins. Okay. Who was the WNCI, you know, mega, you know, one of, one of the big reasons that they had their reputation was he was one of the guys that made WNCI just the giant. Was he like the station manager? He or? was the, he w- literally went through the ranks like he was a jock. Okay. And he was the program director. Then he was the general manager of the radio station. Okay. Like, and then he left the station as general manager when he could have, I mean, he would have been on, he would have been partner by now because he's been partner okay. in radio companies ever since he went to CBS. And, but he's not going to be at some place like Clear Channel where it's just this big He would never national, be at, a, yeah, right. at some place like that. So it's, it's, it really started changing when I started seeing people, higher ups leaving. And then I started seeing, you know, little changes. Okay. Like we can't do this. We can't do that, that we used to be able to do. Or give me an example of uh, that. <clears throat> um, when sales became less local and they became more national. Okay. You could tell that they were steering towards a national product. Okay. So they would want us to, if we had local bar appearances. Right. We would not be able to really mention those as much as we were able to. Unless that there was like a liquor brand associated with it. Well, no, it wasn't like that. It was just, it it was so subtle how they tightened the nooses. Okay. Because they didn't want to shake up that WNCI morale that we kind of were famous for. Okay. 
So well, they were protecting their investment. They to were, an extent, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. They, uh, despite the fact that they were eventually going to completely gut that place and okay. and do you know do a clear channel to it, right? But you know, and a lot of things I started seeing changing, and 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 I didn't see the writing on the wall because when when our show was fired, it was a complete shock to everybody. Okay. We found out about it. So when was this? This was this the, was second this, stint. This was the first stint. Okay. This is how the first stint at the station was finished. Was so it was over. 2001, 2002. This was 2001. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was actually the end of 2000. Okay. Almost into 2001. We okay. Were, we were set to be fired. One of those December 31st things. So how did that happen? We found out about it because the the program director that came to the station, uh, Jimmy Steele, who's been in the Columbus market two or three times. Okay. He's been fired every time. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, sorry. I occasionally Jimmy. get a little dig in on the guy. He he came into the market at the beginning of November, and we didn't have a program director at the radio station for almost eight months. Okay, because all the jocks were, and that was, I guess it was a compliment to us that we you guys could handle yourselves. We could handle ourselves. We right. didn't really need anybody slapping us on the wrist or anything. We knew the mission of the of the station. You know, we knew the goals and everything. You else. knew what you're supposed to be playing in g- generally, right? Yeah, and a lot of us were still running on that nationwide mindset. Despite the fact that, you know, Clear Channel was, was in charge. They were almost like a substitute teacher that we didn't believe was our real. You're not our real dad. <laughs> like, okay. Or, you know, a stepmom or a stepdad right. or something. No, none of the, the lifers or the, the WNCI purists that came over uh-huh. in the sale ever really, I think, maybe for a year or two, until things really shook up. You were like, it's fine, it's, whatever. Yeah, nothing's really going to be different. Right. Everything's going to be, you know, we're, we're, we're okay. And then, well, the first major thing that happened was we moved into the continent mm. <laughs> from, from, you know, high atop the one nationwide building. Right. You know, we moved into the continent, which was mold infested and everything else. We, everybody had out. That was well past its heyday. Well, well past its heyday. There were, I, don't, I think even the skaters quit going there to <laughs> skate at the time that we were in the continent. Right. There was nothing left there. Well, actually, there was the bars. The bars were always kind of still hopping there until, right. until they got... So know, a new guy comes in. Immediately um, starts meeting with every talent on the air staff except for myself and Fish. Fish was my partner at night. Okay. So we started questioning, like, why haven't we had a meeting with this guy yet? Right. And we found out that Matt Ryan, who was like this part-time kid, who was, ironically enough, 19. Okay. Which were, so, were, so was I the first time I came in. So he's been meeting with him, and I'm going. Why is a part, you know? Why is he meeting with the Saturday night? Essentially, the kid? intern, yeah, right? The the overnight kid on Saturdays. So we started. I started snooping, doing a little my investigative work. Right. It's <clears throat> gotten me out of many relationships. <laughs> There's my <laughs> business th- and right personal. there. Boom, got something on her. There's my out. Yeah. No. So I started kind of snooping and going. I think that I think we're getting replaced at the end of the year by Matt Ryan. And Fish was like, no, there's no chance we're getting replaced. People so, love us. Yeah. Sales we is, were number one. Right. We had never dipped to number two. Okay. We, we were, and not even close. We were number one by far. Well, and, and let's, I just want to point out that is most likely because of one, strength of s- signal and two, format, right? Like, you, you, oh, yeah. yeah. But I don't want to at all insult. All like, right. CD 101, boy. I'm okay. Just, you know. All right. No, it it is strength. No, it is those factors, and right. they didn't. I don't think they even made any bones about that. You right. Know? We're, we reached the most people. In You're fact, the elephant. In right. fact, Dave Robbins had his theory of the art of war, where he goes, you know, if we play a song that you know, at, at channel ninety eight. What was the hot alternative for a while in the nineties and early two thousand? Oh, like channels five seven. Channels E. 
93 whatever channels yeah, yeah. or okay. or hot 105 or hot 107 yep. in the 90s or uh power 107 yeah if it's still a thing yep still that's there. how out of radio i am <laughs> i don't know what's what but if they would play a a song and then we would play a song we would basically advertise that song for them to play it we they would hear it on WNCI. people were pulling from you basically well no it was more dave robbins belief and it's i guess it's in the art of war book okay if you starve your enemy by giving them your rations or or no if you give the enemy your rations they 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 can eat if you starve them by taking your rations the enemy doesn't eat so if a smaller station played a song and it didn't sound familiar to the average listener they would pop out and they would go to WNCI. This is acting. You were feeding them. You're yeah. feeding them by playing. Like if we played a hip hop song when Power started getting a little bit of momentum in the in the right. in the ratings. If we played a hip hop song, we were advertising Power 107. Mm-hmm. So uh, hip, we're going. WNCI is officially not making hip hop cool. <laughs> That's literally it. Would be on a memo. It would say we are no longer playing anything that Power 107. We are not sharing a playlist with anything Power 107 plays because we're advertising their station because if people hear it on WNCI it's a hit if they hear it on Power 107 that they heard on WNCI right. it's a hit that they just happened to hear on Power 107 it's freaking genius when you yeah. think about it when you've got the bigger stick and and you know I've applied that in business like okay you know if more people know me or if more people or my audience or whatever is is this and it's right. this big and this person's audience is this and it's, you know, it's like this big. And there's some crossover. And, and there's a little bit of crossover. Or that person is any way related to me. I can just tell my audience, you know. Oh, that, that, there that, is no crossover that, here. There's no crossover here. I don't know that person. Or that's a karaoke DJ. Or <laughs> that's, a, right. that's a whatever. And that's, I guess it's smart business because there's a lot of people that are going to do a lot more ruthless things than me. Right. But but that was the philosophy Dave Robbins had with music. Like, and was, so... Guy's not taking your calls. Guy's not taking a meeting with you. And basically, within a month and a half, you're sort of let go. What's funny is we we confronted him. Okay, I, I go. Do you want to? I said, do you want to sit this, have this sitting over us for a month? And Fish was like, Yeah, let's make the money. Like, let's not because if we confront him, he might just fire us on the spot. Right. I go. Well, you know, I, I can't. I'm live, not comfortable. I with can't that. live like that. No, I mean, it had been two, three days that that I knew. Like, I I had an instinctual knowing because he wasn't meeting with us and whatever else. Right. And then I just knew, just because whenever I know something and it's horrible, it's always true. Okay. It it is. Whenever I just know it, and I go, damn it, I know this is true and it's horrible. It it always is. Okay. Um, that's a horrible affirmation, but uh, but I just knew. It's fair. I said, let's just confront him. I said, if we're going down, I'm going down in flames. He goes, well. I'll go in with you, but whatever. I go, just trust me. You know, like I'm not going to steer you wrong on this. Right. So we confront him, and he's like, and I remember this statement. He goes, he goes, ah, man, I swear the walls got ears around here. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with the station at the end of the year. I know I may make changes, I may not. And we were just like, you know, that well, wouldn't make me comfortable at yeah, all. Yeah, we were right. not comfortable. And he goes, you know, sometimes the walls are talking. I guess, you know, blah blah blah. And so I go, so what, are you saying this is true? Because you haven't met with us. This is the first you've met with us, and you've met because with, we asked for the meeting, right? Yeah, we asked for it to get it. So we get the meeting. And, you know, guy was real twitchy, dude. He was on coffee and well, whatever. He goes, oh yeah, you know, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to work, I don't know how it's going to happen, I don't know what's going to go on. Right. So we go on and we do the show as as he wanted us to do the show. Right. You're taking direction from him. We were him. taking direction right. from him and not treating him 
or clear channel like the stepmother or stepfather. Mm-hmm. You're not my real dad. Right. We, we took direction and we did it. We did everything he wanted us to do. So Thursday, it's a Thursday. And on Thursdays, all the carpet cleaners came and all this stuff. So one of the carpet cleaners left the door unlocked. So this dude just walks in and he goes, hey, what's up, guys? We're like, I look at Fish and I'm like, Are you, is this guy with you? And he looks at me like, this guy with you? Go, why is this guy in the studio? Why is this right? guy in the studio? He goes, is Matt Ryan here? We're like, no, Matt, why would Matt Ryan be here? And he goes, oh, he goes, I just, I came to see him because I thought he got the night show. <laughs> and I look at Fish and Fish looks at me and I go, let's, I go, no, he's not here. How did you get in here? He's like, oh, the door was just unlocked. So the, right. guy, the guy leaves. To this day, I don't know who that guy was. Or if this was planted or if this was supposed to happen. But the first thing we did was get on the phone and call Jimmy Steele. And we said, dude, this guy just came in the station while the carpet cleaners had left one of the doors unlocked and said he was here to see Matt Ryan. We know what's up now. And and like, what's going on? And he goes, guys, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who that would have been. Or, I mean, it couldn't have been, like, it it couldn't have been a worse So now he's just lying to you. Well, now he's lying to us. And then I'm going, I'm looking at Fish, and I'm just, my face is beat red. And I have the tape of the last hour of us at the station. And it's so funny to listen to because there's so many inside things to me and him about, like, you know, if it was going to be our last night or whatever. talking about burning bridges and... No, nothing like that. It was so subtle. No listener would have known. Okay. No listener would have known. And and even when I'm listening to it, I'm going, I don't remember what that jab was. But it it it, sounds like a jab. They were all ribs. They were all ribs directly related to Jimmy Steele. So sure enough, Friday, we come into the station and Chris Davis is there and he goes, hey, guys, Jimmy's upstairs waiting for you. I'm like, yeah, I've kind of figured. So we go upstairs and he's, you know, it's got Joe Kelly. Poor Joe Kelly. We had gone to his father's funeral. Okay. Two months before this. So we had, this was our boy at at the radio station. Fish's boy longer than mine. I, you know, I like the guy. Okay. But he, we had gone to his dad's funeral and we were all real tight with him. Jimmy freaking pulls him in and makes him be the witness. So he's sitting there, he's watching two of his best friends get fired by a guy who's been in the building for less than a month Ugh. and who's, who's, you know, got this plan to make Matt Ryan this, you know, hot, right. you know, he's like, you know, you guys are 25, you sound stale. And even though you, you know, you're, you can't be hot young night guys at 25 years old. What are you, what, what is 25 old? Yeah. I could be a night, I had an audition to be a night guy at 35. I mean, what are you talking about? And he was just rattling off all these reasons why it was over. So then it was it. It was over. And he told the staff that we quit. Okay. In a memo, which was. So, but you went back there. I went back like three years after when I knew when he was finished. Okay. Because they had put him through, they put him through rehab. Okay. This, this boss, like it was all this, you know, stuff with him being there and, and, and just all the other changes that Clay, you know, they finally moved and they, they started getting into a better place. Okay. As a company. So they all moved under one roof over on the fifth Avenue. Okay. And then they hired Mike McCoy, who was really great program director. And once Jimmy Steele was completely out of the building and out of whatever. Okay. They started farming that old they started, talent. Well, they didn't really farm it. They just, McCoy was ready to do some stuff with some, And Jimmy, Jimmy Jam is one of my best friends. Okay. And he was like, hey, man, if you want to come back, like, this is the time to do it. Like, right. So, you know, I met with McCoy and I went back and there wasn't anything full time. And there was a little bit of that uh, a little sourness. Right. Not really for me, because I was just, you know, I thought the whole thing was a fluke and the fluke is over and I'm back. Right. But they, they, there was, when it was over, I, I kind of 
because I had a uh, mailing list with my radio show, mm-hmm. an internet mailing list. I was uh, I was on, on top of the internet okay. in the 90s. Like, right. I was all over it. I had an internet newsletter before the radio station had a website. Okay. So I was sending out this internet newsletter and developing all these. And really what you're getting is, is information gathering. Absolutely. Right. So I was so early on that. I got three, four, 5,000 email addresses mm-hmm. from that newsletter. So when I left the station, I had all those... They had no claim on that. Right. That was my my information. So I started a website and started posting to people what had happened. Oh, okay. Kind of the internal. And this is before, I may have inspired that in the Clear Channel contract. That you can't do anything on the web mm-hmm. with a blog or anything like that after you're fired for a certain Good to know. number of, right. yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I know that that's in there now that you can't, you can't do anything like that. You can't have a private. And you so know, you went back. How much longer were you? Were you there for that second stint? Well, I was always there. Okay. But, well, no, no, no. I was not there, there. Okay. I stayed on doing impressions for the zoo and things oh, like that. Okay. Because Dave and Jimmy, a lot of people don't know this, Dave and Jimmy are their own company. Okay. They work for the station. Right. But Dave and Jimmy, the syndication that they do for stations, you know, over the Midwest or Mid-market, whatever, right. that's Dave and Jimmy's company. Okay. That's, that's not... Clear Channel that's doing that because I think there may be they may I I may be wrong but they might be on stations that aren't even Clear Channel okay just as Dave and Jimmy the product okay so I was a valuable impressionist to them so whenever I came on I never got paid unless I got paid out of Dave's pocket or out of Jimmy's pocket but okay I was coming into the station all the time to gotcha. do projects for them I just was not an employee and I didn't have an air shift or anything like so that. so are you doing like the jingles and the like the they would do like mock songs and stuff right. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Like, I was I was Jim Ganahl. Got it. I was the Jim Ganahl impression. Yeah, that was the big one, but that's only local, so. Right. But there was a few only other. Only works you know. in this market. Yeah, like celebrities, you know, like uh, Christopher Walken, Donald Trump, like stuff like gotcha. that. They would bring me in to do, to do some of those, so. And so did you, so you keep sort of referencing, like, what happened in the end. Did you basically burn it down, or was it just that you had made it clear what happened I with never your blog? Burned, I never burned WNCI as okay. a station, because... WNCI was, to me, it was like a girlfriend that I loved so much. Right. And she was being beaten in this abusive relationship by that you have not no, only her boyfriend, but her boyfriend's parents. Right. <laughs> like, and you have just no control over it. And I have point. no control over it. And, you know, I mean, I've said this and, I, and I'll say this, you know, that's the only radio station I'll ever work for again. Okay. Like, I, I, I couldn't see me going to, you know, I worked for a few stations after I quit. Okay. Or, or left. In the, I, I left... By, by Jimmy Steele firing, then I went back, then I quit, and then I've gone back and done freelance stuff. So, okay. And I, and I did a little freelance with Man Cow in Chicago. Okay. But I've never worked for a station since WNCI. And gotcha. Never, I would never do that for any other station. That Because that's my childhood station. For any right. kid, Did you grow up in Central Ohio? Yes. Yeah. That's, you know. I, I mean, mean, that's what. Maybe yeah. it's not your style of music, but WNCI, come on, that's. Well, I mean, that's what, you know, it was that or, or Sonny that, you know, we were listening to in elementary school, middle school in the, you know, backseat of the minivan, of course, that's because yeah. that's what moms listen to. Yeah. But yeah. And that's the perfect comparison because that was the compare. That's who the program director always said we were talking to. It was about in the minivan. Right. The girl with the, 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 the cool mother that mm-hmm. ships her kids, you know, she has her kids in the minivan. Well, because she's making the purchasing decisions in the house. I mean, that's, that's a valuable demographic. Yeah. Absolutely. So then you, when did you go to Chicago? That was after I had cancer. (laughs) (laughs) 
You're like, man, I thought we were going to wrap this up, so and then you just pop open another can of worms. I was not aware that you had cancer. I did. Yeah, Actually, where I met you, we just met, what, a month ago? Yeah, About we a did a wedding ago. together, yeah. So we met, and I booked that wedding because the bride, I knew her a decade ago, and her brother-in-law had the same exact cancer I had. Okay. So... I don't know how that ended up a selling point for me, but she was like, you know, I got to know her. She would, cause it was close to her. Okay. And so she got to check in with me and stuff like that when I was sick and, and whatever else. And um, that's how I kind of really got to know her. We, we started off on the horrible foot, but th- this is a whole other story anyhow. But that's how I ended up booking. That was, it was Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. So her, the bride that at the wedding that we met at, right. Her brother-in-law. So were you, treated here i was treated at james cancer which is i can't even say the greatest institution i i've never had cancer at any other institution in the country but i can't imagine but i can't imagine it being any better than the james okay i mean and i'm talking the nuances like i i will not do something for weeks months whatever on end if i think it involves a phone call or paperwork Right. If I have to get on a phone, like if I have an overdraft charge and, and I want to fight it, like, but they make you get on the phone and call a person or whatever, I'll, just eat it. I'll literally wait. Well, not always. If I really, okay. really need it, if I need, you know, 35 bucks, I'm like, right. ah, I need that. Like, I'll go fight for it. But if, if I don't need it and I'm like, uh, what is this worth to me? What is this worth to me? Do I do I have to I have to get on a phone? I have to actually go physically see a person. Uh, what is 35 bucks (laughs) how did you find out that you had cancer i just had a cough and sweats for a prolonged period of time slightly longer than longer than you should have cough and sweats right and my doctor and i've developed over the years i've developed kind of a beat-up voice anyhow but my doctor was like man it's even worse than normal okay and i was like he goes it sounds like you have an obstruction like, or, or, it's, or something, you have something, something is different. Something is up. Right. And uh, sure enough, it was like a knot, like the size of a baseball in my chest. I'm showing the audience like there's a camera on me. Right. <laughs> so, and how long were you, did you end up having to be in treatment? It was like, about a year. Okay. Yeah, totally wow. about a year. Yeah, but it, it, there was never, um, I mean, I was late too. I was like 3B, which is like four is when it's in your organs and stuff okay but everybody was real calm i mean <laughs> they were just and my mother died of the same same cancer oh. at same age as i was too okay and everybody was real calm and i just kind of had this thought like this is just going to be a really big inconvenience for about a year and then and that's what it was right it was a big you know, and then chemo has some kind of toxic effects on you after okay like I still if it's like really really cold outside all my fingertips will be sheet white Okay. It'll all go white. It'll look like all the blood's just completely. And how long ago was this? 2008. About okay. a decade ago. Yeah, it was the summer of 2008, so almost 10 years. And you are currently. I'm free. I'm that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've had a few. I've had a few related illnesses in the past few years. You know, from it, but nothing. Okay. Anything like the initial. Yeah, the initial thing. And so, so why did you so? Are you saying that cancer prompted you to move yeah. to Chicago? Yes. Yeah, How cancer so? prompted me. Well, because I wanted to move to Los Angeles. Okay. But that was just too big of a jump. Okay. Because I still had to have functional operations, you know, in Ohio. Six hours. That I mean, tether had to be there. That dr- you, Yeah. Okay. It had to be something I could get to within a, a day. Or, okay. Or something that I could get to without an exorbitant amount of money spent. Right. Quickly. 
Yeah, and and I was building an acting career at that time. That's okay. what made me go to Second uh, City in Chicago, and then okay. go to Improv Olympic and everything else. So, and and it's a good thing that I did because now it's for an actor moving to LA is the worst thing you could do. Okay, because it, it, the, all the shooting happens. Yeah, you know, oh, that sounds so morbid. All the shooting happens yeah. all around the country, but we no, know what you all, mean. All right. of the, all of the, uh, yeah, like Louisiana would be a better move, right. Than Los Angeles, Michigan would be a better move than Los Angeles. Well, but not permanently, no. Because right? but I'm not saying enough, if you're trying right. to break into to acting, because right. there's so many studios and productions that are now being all over the country, these, right? Yeah, in these locations, and well, plus also the tax breaks. You know, Louisiana is so many movies shoot there. Yeah, it looks like it's in Southern California, or it looks like it's in Brazil, right? And uh, I no, will it's... refer <laughs> listeners to a previous interview with the Ohio Film Council to talk about sort of how Ohio works itself in there with the film credits and stuff. Yeah, and so Ohio sh- actually, you know, there's a lot of stuff, Fast and Furious and the Avengers and everything yeah. that was here. Well, but they so the argument there is that the productions like that soak up literally a year's worth of credits for any productions that can happen within the state. Exactly. So we just need more or a different different system, so, some would argue. Yeah, and I think that'll happen. I think Ohio's going to get a piece of that. I mean, it already has gotten a piece of that yeah. pie, but everything that's shot here, like that Travolta movie. Right. Oh, did you see it? I did not. Oh. I knew better. Oh, I mean, it's cool because you watch it and you go, oh, oh, oh. I know um, that place. Yeah, right. and I got a lot of that, you know, with a lot of movies that are beloved in Chicago or just because they were in Chicago. Right. Like uh, the Rookie of the Year movie, that terrible movie. Yeah. But but that kid who was also in American Pie. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's three names. I, I'm never good with actors' names on know. the spot. It's Thomas Michael, but whatever. But he is in a band, and he goes in Chicago and plays. Just, and people just love him. Just as in the band's packs venues. That's funny. Terrible music in the band's pack because it's that kid from Rookie of the Year in Chicago. And we all love them and, and we in love Chicago. Him. We, all right. lo- we all love them here in Chicago. It's the easiest formula in the world because people will latch on. Like, they'll still go Blues Brothers for things in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Shot there. Ferris Bueller's like a holiday <laughs> in that city. Ferris Bueller's seriously like a national holiday in Chicago. People in Chicago love that they're from Chicago. Yeah. They love it. And I wish I could have that kind of pride about anything. Like people in Chicago. Have well, it. we're working on it here yeah, for Columbus. Uh, <laughs> so, and then why'd you come back? Just because I did everything there okay. that I wanted to do. I got mugged a couple of times. Okay. After the second. Well, time. It's not as bad as cancer. No. Well, <laughs> it's not as quick or not as not as lengthy. I should <laughs> right. say. Yeah. I, and and I had done everything, and it was really just I was just having fun at the bars and doing you know doing all the wrong things for my age. Okay. And I was like, yeah. I'm not going to change my my behavior, so I might as well change my surroundings. We'll go somewhere where it's a little cheaper to, to do it. A little cheaper to do it, and it's a little bit less of a risk of getting mugged walking home. I think it's a night. lot less yeah. of a risk. I mean, I, I lived in Grandview the first year I was back here and just left the door unlocked half the time. <laughs> if I were, I'd be gone for the whole day and just, oh, I left the door unlocked, whoops. And so what are you doing now? I've got this side business going. A lot of my concept-based entertainment is replacing DJ stuff. Okay. Because I, I think the DJ... Thing so define is, that concept-based entertainment. I just made that up. Did you like that? That's good. I think I, I, think now I made you have to up. tell us what it is. I, I made it up right there. <laughs> I, made it, I made it up. Instead of having a trivia night, uh-huh. I have a trivia concept. Okay. So mine is hashtag trivia. Okay. Where I ask the questions you know, on the microphone in the bar. Right. Nobody has to get up. Nobody has to move. They can just answer the answer on Twitter. Okay. 
put the answer, then put hashtag whatever the name of the venue is. Well, we establish what the hashtag is, so right. there's not 50 different you just hashtags. Put it up on a screen. Yeah, or like whatever. I would ask the questions. I would go hashtag Average Joe's New Albany. Right. Hashtag Average Joe's uh, NA for short, whatever. Right. So we would establish that hashtag as a brand over time. So when I go to people and I and I pitch this, I go, you know, this is not only a trivia concept, like it's it will elevate it's, your it's it's going to elevate your social well, right? media presence. It's going to elevate your hashtag as a brand, right? Where people when they come to your place. Instead of checking in and whatever, they can also give you a feed of people specifically talking about your place. Yeah. You know, in Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever. So I said, you know, what this does is essentially it's a commercial for your your brand. And, you know, the topics that I choose are all pop culture. They're all stupid, funny right. movies, you know, TV shows, longstanding pop culture things. You know, sometimes I'll occasionally just throw everything into a bowl and go the nineties are this week right. or the eighties are this week or whatever. Yeah. Cause I think that the people doing trivia on pens and papers and running up and holding their hand and yelling out answers. Why are we doing this in 2018? I mean, you know, as a proprietor of, you know, probably four different trivia nights at this point, not as a host anymore, but I farm out the, the hosting, the question from the bars, a lot of times, at least the forward-thinking ones who aren't just looking for basically a karaoke night, yeah. are like, why is there no like instantaneous feedback? Like, right. why do we have to wait for round two in order to like give answers? Gotcha. And so, you know, it's a it's a technology. I do it on every question. Point. I I'll give you, you know, if you're first correct, because then I just refresh the feed. It's smart. Which, whichever no, I one it. I see on there, this first correct gets the points. So then I'll just give it a, you know, I'll give it. And sometimes, you know, depending you just upon keep a running list on a pad, right. Of like, okay, that team's, you know, yeah, got you got, that one you got first. hundred points, you got a hundred points, whatever. Nobody has to get out of their seat. We're Americans. We're lazy. <laughs> we, we, we don't want to get out of our seat. Right. So yeah. And then we the, should talk more about this. Definitely. Yeah. And then I make the, but I'm, I've got it on hiatus. I run it in instance. Okay. Like I just ran it for the entire year for the first time since I've done this because okay. it started as something i would just do during the commercials of sports events okay like as a way to give away you know a, like a because you're like the guy that's running the pa at that running point. the pa okay. just, just so bars don't have commercials playing absolutely the, so they have yeah. something happening during the commercials well, music or the, whatever. you know in my experience when i've done it it's always been like okay you pull up the you know Top 40 music at commercial breaks, and you play the fight song when Ohio State scores. Yeah, or when exactly. It, depending on what bar you're at. Oh, God, right. Chicago with the Blackhawks, man. If okay. You, if you, when they score and you don't play Chelsea Dagger, like the second. I mean, if you're in the bathroom This guy sucks. Yeah, you are, you are booed, berated. That's good to because, know. Because we established. I got out of that Everyone too. loves right. Chicago being from Chicago. Yeah. Everyone in Chicago loves being in Chicago. And again, we're working on it in Columbus. And we're That's working cool. on it in They Columbus. also have a better flag. That's the issue that, that I'm constantly. The Blackhawks? No, Chicago. Has this oh, better yeah, city yeah, yeah, yeah. flag, like the stars, where I've got a crew working on. You're working up. on a Columbus flag? Yeah. Man. I know. Got to throw it under like a not, you know, auspices of a non ground. I'm on the ground floor of something here on the second floor of something. Oh, there's like eight <laughs> things going on now. The good thing is, is we're 42 minutes in. And so oh, you know, and you who keep, is still listening to this? I'm you, just revealing everything you, that, that I'm working on. So what else are you, in addition to the hashtag comedy, your well, hiatus yeah. from that? 90s. It's funny. You mentioned earlier going to somewhere on Sundays for uh -huh. the 90s. I, 20 years ago. The first show that I had any sort of notoriety with was Sunday Night 90s. Okay. 
So uh, about five years ago or so, I just asked, you know, the powers that be, I said, hey, you know, I have all the archives of this show, like literally all of them. Okay. I have all the imaging. I have all the everything. I said, the 90s are kind of coming back. Right. What, can I have that? Can I have Sunday Night 90s? And they're like, oh, the fuck do we care? Well, like at a station <laughs> or? Yeah. Like, yeah, because the radio station, that was a big thing. Dave Robbins in the, in the station they trademarked everything whenever they had a, a hit show. Okay. That's why whenever somebody tried to come at them, like Friday Night 80s, how monstrous that was. Right. When Star 107.9, all 80s all the time, came on the air. Cease and desist. They tried to do a Friday. No, 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 not okay. for the station. They just couldn't say Friday Night 80s. Got it. They could say the 80s on Friday or whatever. Right. But they could not say the words Friday Night 80s, you know, subsequently. Because they paid the hundred bucks because, to, you know. WNCI, you know, I don't think they do things like that anymore. Right. Maybe iHeartRadio does, but right. yeah, Dave Robbins would, would go, that's a great idea and we're going to trademark it. Like, I'm surprised Drew Hansen didn't end up getting trademarked. I mean, big your su- name, big, right. su- big surprise. Is that your legal name? Oh, it's, not, oh. it's not your legal name. Let's say I'm married to it. Well, there, <laughs> but the, I mean, there's a lot of, I don't, I think there is one on air talent at CD1025 that's using their real name. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just not yeah. done. It, well, it is and it isn't. It is, but it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Okay. But yeah, they, it didn't get trademarked is, is the good news. So they gave me Sunday Night Nineties, and I started doing it in Chicago. Well, it didn't really land in Chicago because nobody knew me from that show. So okay. there was no like nostalgia feels with it, like okay. or whatever. And I'm not getting nostalgia feels with it now because everybody I'm entertaining with it is 21, okay. 22 years old because I'm at a campus bar. I'm so, at, are you playing music? What are you doing? I'm doing videos. Okay, I'm doing videos along with pop culture clips. Okay, from the '90s, like little snippets. And are you like talking them through it? Or no? You, okay, no, 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 no. So it's what sort of in the background? Yeah, it's so I advertise it as obviously Sunday night '90s, and then it's '90s uh, ish until about twelve o'clock. All '90s music videos. Okay, they're all videos. So then I'll occasionally throw in like I'll stop for a commercial break and I'll play. The Cindy Crawford commercial when she's going to get the Pepsi. Cute. Okay. So, and then I'll come back and then blah, 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 blah. And now a word from our sponsor, you know, play a 90s commercial or that. And surprisingly, a lot of these you can rip off of YouTube, but I found, right. I found a service that had really good quality versions of, okay. of all these things. So then, you know, you've got, you know, Friends and Seinfeld, right. little, little snippets you'll throw in between a song here and there. And people love whatever. that stuff. They right? do. Yeah. But this is more the early crowd because then they like 12 o'clock when it's popping you know i can't stop down and do that or people boot the crap out of me right the music's got to keep going absolutely but right. I, i'm mixing the videos too so I've, there's got like seven or eight different screens where we're doing the videos on and then you know once i started getting into videos and things like that i'm going all right i basically am only going to dj weddings now so i'll just dj weddings and then everything else is going to be concept based in videos or trivia or yeah you know whatever else that's cool that's very cool. So it's 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 getting off the the ground with it locally. I don't know. Do you have sort of a like a home on the web, like DrewHanson.com? DJDrewHanson.com is for weddings. Okay. Uh, DrewHanson.net is going to be the hub where it links to every single concept and every single arcade archive that I've ever done. Right. I'm going to release an anthology of every single radio show. Every single. That's awesome. I'm gonna put. Do that you know Adam Contras? No. So he at least is credited, I think it was Wired Magazine, just credited him with starting the first vlog, video, blog. He's a CD101 guy. Oh, really? He owns a totally souped-up DeLorean. He's out in L.A. now. I think 4TVs is the name of his vlog, but... I like that name. It's funny that you're 
putting it all out there. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to launch a one-stop shop because I am, you know, going into all these other different projects and things like that. And well, you want to be able to just say one place. Yeah. Like, just tell know, people there's the link for the DJ stuff. If you want, there's a link for the trivia stuff. There's the, you know, back archive of the stuff that D- you've done. D-list famous for marinara sauce. I don't know what that reference is, but that's I have my own marinara sauce. You do? Yes. Still? Yeah. Is it delicious? It's pretty good. Okay. It's pretty good, and I sell it. And you at f- D-list famous. <laughs> that's fantastic. Dlistfamous.com, but it's not up yet, so don't go to that site. We'll but go, but to, go to that site. If you're listening to this later, go to that site. <laughs> Drew. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for letting me come corrupt your such nice professional I love it. podcast. I love it. Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite media personality. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week.